Well, hey there. Hello. How are you? I'm ready for fall. <laughs> it's a little warm today, isn't it? It's toasty. And there's a lot of people out, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I shouldn't care about, but I do. <laughs> my intro- yeah, so, my, much, my so intro- much for the uh, yeah, my pandemic. Intro- my introvert self is uh, was all about social distance. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> There is a lot of traffic in Three Oaks today. That's very true, but that's that comes with the territory. Does indeed. How are you? Well, I'm okay. I'm enjoying uh, working through some some uh, thoughts on uh, on conflict among Christians, and you know, as we look at the text from Acts, uh, the end of Acts 15 into the beginning of 16, uh, we see Paul and Barnabas have. Uh, have a bit of a, I, I want to call it a falling out, but it doesn't really appear to be that. They have a disagreement that ends up uh, dissolving their partnership in in the work, uh, but they don't seem to have any animosity. They work through this, even though it's it's called a, a sharp disagreement in Acts fifteen thirty nine. <clears throat> they um, they continue the work and they go on to to do some pretty cool stuff and. Uh, that doesn't stop Paul from speaking well of Barnabas later on. Uh, it, it's an interesting thing. And then in, in, in chapter 16, the first five verses, uh, Paul goes on to do things that, that almost seem contradictory to what he did and said in Acts 15. And I, I think it's a very interesting uh, contrast in conflict as we look at, at how, uh, how conflict gets worked out in the church. So uh, I'm really looking forward to being able to, to preach on this tomorrow. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Uh, and kind of, I mean, as everything we talk about, kind of relevant. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's been kind of on my heart as I've been looking at this is, okay, so what does, what does the Lord put into Luke's heart for us to get from this? Why, you know, why is Luke writing this? Mm-hmm. Obviously, under the, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and, and the Lord is telling him to write these things and include these these portions. But what is it that Luke has in mind that he sees as significant to the story of the early church uh, in this, what really amounts to kind of a transition from the Jerusalem Council and the Jerusalem letter addressing legalism and, and the Judaizers in chapter 15, and then bridging into uh, Paul's second missionary journey as he goes into Macedonia in chapter 16. So in between, we have this little blurb, uh, you know, Paul, Paul and Barnabas are back in Antioch in uh, Acts 15.35. It says, but Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch where they and many others taught and preached the word of the Lord. And then from, from there it goes, it, it continues into this disagreement. In verse 36, Luke records, sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, uh, let's go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. So it seems like a great idea, right? We're going to go back. We've, we've established these churches. Time has passed. Mm-hmm. Now we want to go back and encourage them and, and uh, kind of check them out, see, you know, make sure that they're staying the course and, you know, give them in some instruction and some exhortation. Uh, so Barnabas is down with that. However, verse 37 Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark. You may remember him as the as Barnabas's cousin, 
who uh, left them when they were in Pamphylia. They, you know, they, on the last missionary journey, he started out with them. Then partway through the journey, he turns back and goes to Jerusalem. And we're not given a whole lot of detail about that at that point, although Paul will later on uh, call it a desertion. But, uh, but Barnabas wants to take John Mark with them, verse 38. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. They had together set up churches there in Cyprus and a variety of cities. But Paul chose Silas, who had come down with them from Jerusalem, had returned to Jerusalem, and, and apparently was back here in Antioch ministering with them. Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. So it appears that they... They both end up, even though it specifically says that, that Paul leaves commended by the brothers, brothers to the grace of the Lord, it appears that they both have the benediction of the church being sent to this work. And basically what they did is they, they continued to do what they were planning to do, but because they had different visions about how this was going to go, they split into two teams, and that actually made the work more efficient. But, uh, but it started from this sharp disagreement. The, there was an unresolvable conflict between them. And it, it seems clear to me, contrary to some of the things that I, I've read, it seems to me that they don't have a rift personally so much as they have what you might call a professional disagreement. Mm-hmm. They, they have a different vision of how this practice should go or what road they should take to accomplish the same goal. But they don't lose sight of the goal and therefore they're unified in the work, even though they're doing it in two separate teams. But they're technically on the same team. <laughs> right, exactly. So, so they, they take of, of one team, this is one church that seems to be blessing both of them in their squads going out. They're, they're you know, redoubling the efforts now because uh, Barnabas takes Mark Barnabas is, you know, the encouraging guy. He was the guy that, you know, stood up for Paul when nobody wanted him around. He stood up for John Mark, and now he's doing it again. He can't imagine, you know, letting this this young kid feel like he's, you know, a failure. So he takes him out with him, and they go, uh, uh, they go back through the the uh, towns in Cyprus, where they had set up these uh, churches. Then Paul goes to the mainland with Silas. Uh, with all those things, the result in verse 41 is that the churches are strengthened. So as Paul goes through Syria and Cilicia and and, uh, Barnabas and John Mark go to Cyprus, the churches get what the churches needed, even though they split into two teams to do it. Right. So what's interesting to me here is that how many verses is this little section? Well, this is uh, like five verses here. It's like 10 verses altogether for that and the first part of 16 that we're looking at. It just, it seems like it's something that could have easily not been included. <laughs> so, yeah. so the fact that it is, and that obviously is there for a reason, that's really interesting to me with this, with this specific passage. Um, because right, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm pulling it back to, to what's going on today. 
and we see Christians uh, with very different points of view and getting into disagreements and, and flat out arguments and exactly. really many times not going this route and really just kind of becoming hostile toward one another. And if you don't see it my way or if your church doesn't do this or whatever, then we're done, period. We can't have a friendship. We can't have a relationship. We can't whatever. Right. Um, so, th- so this is an interesting uh standpoint on that and 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 how uh paul and barnabas barnabas continued to they may not have continued to to work together in that capacity but they from what it appears didn't you know have animosity toward one another right and and eventually what what's interesting is this is a strong enough thing to separate them right right yeah later on paul will will speak highly of john mark will uh instruct the church to welcome him will actually send for him as someone useful to him in ministry. So the, the personal dynamics are a little different than what we might be used to. And I would say not just used to in our current situation, but what we're used to in our flesh, you know, mm-hmm. that we think. Oh yeah. And so, and then the second part of, of the passage or the second passage, depending on how you're looking at, it, I'm putting it together <clears throat> is sort of a, um, a contrast here because after they go their separate ways and Paul and Silas get to Derby and Lystra. They meet a, a young disciple named Timothy. Now we know of Timothy from Paul's other writings that a, he's young because much later uh, as he's pastoring Paul, then looking at Timothy probably in his thirties or forties by that time uh, says, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. So now here, as he's picking him up, here's a young uh, a young brother um, who comes from a mixed background. His mother was a Jewish believer. His father was Greek. And so while he didn't want, I had read something about, you know, I can't remember what commentator it was saying that Paul, you know, was really looking for more experience than what John Mark had. But then he picks up Timothy, who mm-hmm. is a young guy that doesn't appear to have any experience except for the, the brothers in the area you know, he um, spoke well of him. He's got a good reputation among them. So he wants to take him along. And what really kind of, you know, flips your wig here as you're going along is um, in, in verse three, it says, Paul wanted to take him along on the journey. So he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area for they all knew that his father was a Greek. And you're reading that as like, uh, what? Didn't we just have all of chapter 15 devoted to this, that, uh, those who were coming in wanting people, these, these Gentile believers to be circumcised, uh, you know, that got Paul and Barnabas so fired up that they go back to Jerusalem and have this whole, whole thing, this whole uh, debate, controversy. They get a letter from uh, the leadership council. They take it out to the churches saying that people don't have to be circumcised. And yet right. here, right out of the gate, he has Timothy circumcised. And then they travel from town to town. In verse 4, they're delivering the decisions from the apostles and elders in Jerusalem, which talk about not needing to be circumcised. Uh, and, and verse 5, the same effect here that we see in the previous paragraph, that the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. Hmm. This is all just very interesting to me. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, yeah, I, well, we're over time, so I won't uh, ask more questions here because we'll talk about that on uh, Tuesday. But, uh, yeah, if uh, anybody. Time. What? Tune in next time. <laughs>
Yes, this is a teaser. <laughs> but you can listen to uh, the full sermon tomorrow. Uh, if you're not in the area, check out our live stream on our Facebook page or on YouTube. Uh, and then I will post the sermon to the podcast here tomorrow afternoon or evening. Um, and then we will talk more about it on Tuesday. So if you have any questions after after tuning in, feel free to, to shoot us an email or comment on Facebook. And we will get to those when we talk on Tuesday. So any parting thoughts, Rich? Well, I just think that the way we handle conflict among Christians is an integral part of our testimony and reflects the reality of the Christ that we are talking about. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to talking more about that. So uh, we will catch you all next time. Thanks for listening.